What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Bless. I'm here with the homie, Let Me Know. And you are tuned in to the Moment of Truth podcast. Today, I'm excited. We have a very special guest, a gentleman I haven't seen in a minute, but I know from back in the day. Why don't you introduce yourself, Mr. Click? Yes, Mr. Click. <laughs> Mr. Click. It's Click. What up? Introduce it's David Click Cox, you know? In David Click Cox. Where did uh, the click come from? Where did the click come from? Shit. I like Uh-oh. how you just jump right into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always in At what point did it click for you? You know what I mean? At what point did it click? I was a b-boy. Oh, wow. I was a dancer. And, uh, I, you know, somebody gave me the name Clickety Click. And that's really where it all stemmed from, you know? Dope. Dope. Had the magic in my feet. You know what I'm saying? There you go. There <laughs> you go. There you go. <laughs> on, so, on that note, I'm, I'm curious. Like, is that... Your intro to hip hop? You no. came up as a b boy or DJ rapper? Like where? Yeah, no, I, I was a b boy first. B boy first. Before anything else, yeah, I was a dancer. Coincidentally, from, so was I. From from the, from the getty up, you know what I mean. So, <clears throat> but I think like the funny thing is like I think most people in the eighties <laughs> dating ourselves, dating myself. <laughs> but in the eighties is like if you weren't like most people dance. Like dancing wasn't like a a thing that like today where it's like. You know, but not yeah, everybody. It's dances. rare. It's rare. See, it's yeah. a rare commodity. Everybody wanted to be but a b boy. Everybody wanted to dance. Like everybody danced at parties. Actually, I think at that point the b boy was like what the MC is now. Everybody wants to rap now. Everybody wanted right. to be a b boy. If you were, if you were a rapper or MC, like you were really special because yeah. not everybody did that. That's true. But everybody danced. Everybody right. was trying. You know, I might not have been right. the best b boy, but I b boy. Hundred percent. For sure. <laughs> definitely, I mean? that was definitely prominent in the culture, especially with movies like Beat Street and Breaking and all that. Exactly. That exactly. Exactly. And then, and you know, and, and, and then you had a couple friends that all DJ because, you know, they stole their parents' records. And that's mm-hmm. just what, how it happened, you know? True. That's true. It. it was from the DJ to the B-boy and then onwards. Exactly. Um, so for those who might not know, who are not in the music business, mm-hmm. why don't you tell us, uh, you know, briefly how what you it, got what into it is the now. game and what, and, and what it is that you do. When I met Click. Yeah. When did you meet Click? When Bless. I met Click, uh, <laughs> I was, I, I just started working with, uh, with Guru at the time and we were working on uh, doing my first album, uh, which ended up being Plattenberg, the movement and Click had reached out to me. And I believe you were working at Universal Music Canada mm-hmm. at the time. And Very he was cool. just kind of reached out to me like an OG and was like, yo, let's sit down and, and, and politic yeah. and, and, and well, I was, I was like, I'm a big Gangstar fan. So first and foremost, like the, you know, I forget, I don't even know who put you in front of me, but somebody did, and it just crossed me. I was like, yo, this kid from Montreal can really spit, and he's like down with with the Gangstar. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? What, what is <laughs> this? Not a typical well, story. I never, I never heard of this guy. We talking about? I was like, get yeah. the hell out of here. And I was you like 17 I mean? at the time. I yeah, was yeah, not young. Nobody was young, doing that. You know, so I just kind of researched. Yo, I want to hear some of your music and. You know, I want to see what's popping. What do you got going on? And, you know, you sent me some stuff. And then, you know, we just always stay connected. I come to Montreal. Yep. You take me around. Yeah. You're just good people. So I, I got like, to So that, that's really how the, so how yeah, the connection started. We be- yeah, we became friends. And he came out to Montreal. I came to see him in TO. And mm-hmm. then as my career would progress, he was always super supportive. He founded the Stylist DJ Awards mm-hmm. and oh, wow. reached out to us to present, which is actually, uh, funny enough, the first time I ever met Drake was that was that his at event at the stylist yeah, yeah 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 i mean like like the definitely i guess you know being in the in the seat of you know doing a and r for universal i mean that's what i think a kind of a lot of people attach me to mm-hmm. but like um 
having the opportunity like to travel the country yeah and like meet people and see who are the movers and shakers like that was a a really blessing you know what i'm saying well to me click has always been like uh like one of the top five tastemakers in in hip-hop music respect, respect. In, in you the, got in, like a, you got like one of those uh, sound things right now <laughs> all, in, all in post we do that all in post the horn the horn <laughs> um yeah no but definitely man he was he was definitely one of the guys you know um at the forefront of the business of hip-hop right. when it was still mm -hmm. developing in canada yeah. so pre drake and pre you know the weekend and a lot of these guys click was one of these guys at the forefront really organizing an infrastructure well that's you I'm know glad, what i'm saying I'm, I'm for, glad, for there I'm to really, be an outlet i'm really glad you say that really glad you say that shit taking a moment the truth. As Mormon of truth. I see the right reflection now. in it's like, the your truth. eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's the truth because I'll tell you something. He no. was a guy, and it wasn't just about Toronto, even though he's a Toronto well, guy. He said he went all over. And he supported the Toronto guys, but he would make sure he'd be like, what's popping in well, Montreal? Let, what? Let, he used to call let, me and ask me, what's up with the French? Well, who yeah, do I look for? I wanted to know. Well, yeah. let me take you a step back because you asked some questions. Well, I'm mm -hmm. not actually an original Toronto guy. That is actually, I knew that. So you, you know, take I'm, a, I'm originally like I grew up in Edmonton. You know what okay, I'm saying? Okay. I was in a rap group in the early '90s. Not surprising. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not surprising. That had some notoriety. And but you've been in thing. Toronto forever. Yeah, yeah but I, you know, I moved to Toronto in like '94. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, being a guy who like I, I guess you can relate to this, especially in the English hip hop world, is like mm -hmm. you know Toronto was always the helm sure, of, of that. So when you come from another city, you always have like this outer perspective of sure, things. Sure. So when I got into being in the scene and, and doing my thing and then getting into the role that I fit, my mindset was never Toronto focused. It was always Canada. national focused. Wow. So I wanted to know because I wasn't thinking the best shit could come from Toronto. The could best come from shit anywhere. Could come from fucking New Brunswick. I don't know. For sure. You know. For sure. I don't know about that, but. <laughs> Well, when I was a kid, but, there's, but there's you know what I'm saying. When like, I was a kid, one of the first kind of you know Canadian hip hop groups that I was looking up to was mm -hmm. the Rascals Definitely. from Fad and the Rascals mm -hmm. with uh, really what living was the, the first album. I can't Rag yank the plug on the vibe that yeah. I'm really living, bro. Really, really. That was a serious record, oh, yeah. and that was early like hieroglyphics oh, yeah, yeah. times. Well, so, that, that that was the time that I met I met those guys when they were Rag and and Rascals. Yeah, shout out to like, Red and my my crew was the Max and Definitive, and we. You know, we had a song called Jungle Man that came out around the same time as oh, them. I actually and didn't so, know that. Yeah, so that. we were, we were, you know, some of the, my very first shows were in Vancouver. Makes sense. You see what I'm saying? Because we're so close to yeah, there, right? right? So, like, that's how I met those dudes from way back. And they know? were really ahead of their time. Shout out the Rascals. Yes. I remember yes. that video really with, the, with the, with the, with the uh, fence. Fence, yes. Really Living was she the was track. Dope. I remember. Really uh, Living. That was it. I remember mm -hmm. watching. I was probably around, what, 94? It, it was sense. 92, 93 around yeah. that time. So we, 93, 94. Because uh, I think they were, no, I don't know if they were nominated at the same time or something, because I remember we all came out to Toronto. For the MMVAs. For, I think, it was either MVAs or Junos, because we, we were nominated for Juno in 93. Wow. Oh, wow. Good won a Much Music Award in 93. It's all around that same time. Yo, so your, your videos must be on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta yeah, go, yeah, go yeah, look yeah, that yeah. up right away. Yeah, no, we, like my crew, we definitely were like at the top of the enchilant from Alberta at that time, you know? Sure, of course. <laughs> Which was crazy to think about because it's that like. That was even coming yeah, that yeah, early. Yeah. That early. But I remember point. because we all had came to Toronto at the same time and yeah. we all seen each other. Yeah. And it's I always, I'll never forget that because it was a really pivotal time of like 
Toronto hip hop and everything mm-hmm. that was going on, like, Socrates and all that, just, starting a bubble. Just even pre Ivan like, Berry, like um, factor. No, after like Ivan was Ivan's been around in the eighties. I know, I know, you know, Ivan was around, but the Beat mm-hmm. Factory compilation came out just. It was after just, that. it was just, yeah, it was yeah. just after that, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, like I remember, we went, we did a show in like Mississauga. And I remember that show because it was like 12 acts on the show. Ooh, and one mm-hmm. of the acts on the show, I'll never forget, was a crew called CIA. Ooh. And those guys, um, uh, Ramel, who went on to be a producer and worked mm-hmm. with like Melanie Durant, and is like best friends with like Little X. Mm. I think I know X, him. Right? I think I know him. Yeah, yeah, and, direct, yeah. and Director X, like I remember this vividly because we were sitting at this party at this, at this show with all these you know acts performing. And I remember this guy sitting on like the speaker drawing. X. X. Yeah, and I was like, I remember looking over his shoulder and be like, yo, this motherfucker can draw. Yeah. And I was like, yo, yo, what's your name? And I remember him telling me, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, shout like, out X, just, man. Just the scene at that, was at its early stages. Shout out Little X, a lot man. Of he was always so, shit. another guy who was so humble and mm-hmm. so integral in just like the development of the scene because so many people discovered Canadian hip hop in recent years with the massive commercial success that we've yeah, been yeah, having. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there was really a good 20 years of guys like yourself and even at the tail end of that, guys like myself trying to um, get the scene taken seriously across the board well to go back to what we're talking about we're on a tangent but the whole infrastructure thing you talk about very and important helping out with that is like and i would love for you to talk th- about that, that was for me like a big part of like I, I i couldn't just sign somebody to a record deal i needed to make sure that if i signed them they would be successful yeah and for them to be successful means that they have to understand the business side of things sure. like having a real manager that can really move and shake and shake right. and, and and make the right decisions and having an agent and having a lawyer and having and tours that you can attach them exactly to and so, a movement that can propel them because something that i've spoken about before sorry to cut you off that i felt we were always lacking in in montreal and in quebec as general is we always had dope producers amazing djs and some talented mcs montreal is a flavorful city it's a nightlife city we've always had it popping Mm -hmm. the one thing we didn't have which hindered a lot of people right was we had no local infrastructure we didn't Mm -hmm. have many guys like click organizing a stylus awards right here you understand where the scene could celebrate Mm. each other and create situations where people could really network and collaborate and that hurt a lot of people i think they tried it once they did like a montreal hip-hop awards I don't know who the organizers were, but it. I think oh it yeah, like, well, I won an award. There was like a one, <laughs> right? There was like I a think one. I won too. Shout out Goofy Welder. Right? Oh Goofy, yeah, yeah, Goofy, yeah. Right? he did do Goofy. that. I remember yeah, that. Goofy. But I mean, you know, you were doing it obviously, you know, from being at Universal and being in Toronto, you're doing it on a national scale, mm-hmm. and you were able to bring all these cats such as myself. Like I said, if it wasn't Into for one you, center, if it wasn't for you yeah. bringing me to the Stylus Awards, I think I presented um, mm-hmm. one year and I performed another year for the Guru mm-hmm. Tribute. Um, Oh, that's how I, I met totally that, forgot about that. That's oh, how I man. met Drake. Yeah, you know what it's, I'm saying. It's crazy because um, this is really like blowing my mind. This conversation is like really like. <laughs> I told you it's a good show. Yeah, it's just it's um, <laughs> it's just memory lane. It's not just memory lane. It's like a kind of a, a thing for myself. Like I I really pride myself on education, mm-hmm. and I think in the last couple of years, I really realized like that's part of my calling of who I am as a person. Amazing. Perfect. Give back. And giving back. And I think it's because I came up 
in an era mm-hmm. where there was nobody really doing that for me. That's right. And so, like, you know, you come up in, like, the early 90s, late, late 80s. There's not really much before you. Right. And mm-hmm. and the guys that were doing it, they were all trying to figure it out mm-hmm. as they were moving along. Yeah. So it's like I'm asking them questions like, well, I don't know. Like, this is what we do. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then at the same time back then, too, everybody was this. Right. Everybody held their fucking right. shit in. That's I'd be right. like, "Yo, how did you get to this? Yo, man, you gotta go find that out for yourself." Mm. Like nobody, yeah. people really, want to be mysterious. Yeah, yeah. nobody wanted to yeah. share um, contacts. Nobody wanted to to, to, right. to, to be unity. They I mean, wanted I, to blow I, I, up, but the unity wasn't there. I yeah. understand that mm-hmm. because certain people don't like they haven't deserved. They haven't graduated to that level yet. So mm-hmm. when you say like, "Go do it yourself," like I take it from both sides because, like, for me personally, like I had to put my Facebook profile on private. Right. Because I have people on there that are friends of mine that other people saw that I was friends with. And this is like, just as an example, Lights. Right. Okay, Lights, Toronto native. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done videos with her in the past and mm-hmm. cool chick and I keep in touch. I have people that hit her up from my friends groups, local musicians, hitting her up because like this is her actual like friend profile it's oh, not right, this is not right, her fan right. page this yeah, is her right, personal right, profile. right 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 so i had to put my shit you don't on want private. to invade her privacy you know but i think what me and click were more uh, getting to was that i'm just playing um, devil's advocate i'm throwing get, the other side you know, I get is, it. is that you know especially as him being an a and r when he's looked to sign an artist you're looking to sign a movement you're looking to sign uh, uh, a, a support brand. system underneath that artist and if you can't create that or the artist doesn't come with that you're fucked with launching them and I guess the other thing is this the type of person I am that was amazing. I, I'm not a shark I'm, I'm, you could ask anybody that about me I've never been that type of guy to really try to take advantage of people that's not mm-hmm. my game mm-hmm. but I worked for a corporation mm-hmm. you know what I mean I work for a business mm-hmm. but I would always try to tell people Leo let me teach you how to build your own house mm-hmm. build your own lay down your own foundation right. so that businesses can come and visit your house right. and be part of your movement yeah. and oh, when cool. it doesn't work out you kick them out the fucking house mm-hmm not the opposite way around where like oh come into our house you That's can right. come in and we're right. gonna exploit, we're gonna share our we're resources the fuck out we'll of you and then we're gonna kick you out of your house and, and your back on your face yeah yeah and your, that's your boy DeRozan just got that. Who did? Your boy DeRozan didn't have his own house, <laughs> and they sent him packing. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I'm saying. Like, I totally that, agree. That, that so was, that's been my whole philosophy in life, and I think it's because of like I came in the game early and, and learned a lot of. And shit you're right. And, and and did a lot of wrong things too before I even worked it for a little. That's right. And what's like, essential I, you know? to that, I think, is collaboration, mm. because people thought back in the day it was me, 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 me and my crew, me and Mike, and and the opposite. The way you see artists winning to this day in the States is when Meek puts out a record, Khaled reposts it, and this and that, and everybody kind of, it's they pool their resources together. Isn't that how and Drake kind of started? communally decide who's relevant. You see right. what I'm trying yeah, but to there, say? There's, a, there's an inner there's, circle. They vote for it. Mm-hmm. You know? Plus, there's an inner circle, and I think that's how the Meek uh, Drake beef started, right? Well, he, didn't, I, he didn't retweet his shit or something. That's what started the whole whole thing, I think. Uh, well, I, I think he didn't turn it. I don't pay attention to gossip shit, but yeah. But know? regardless, <laughs> fair, fair, fair. I teach now, right? I teach. Um, I'm, I'm part of like the remix project. I teach over there. I, I want to get into that. that. I, I know we'll a lot about it. I also teach at, at Metalworks, and it's like something that I always like at the beginning of all my classes. I try to start my class with like, let's talk about the business world. I want my, I want the the, the artists, the students to be 
uh, inclined to like what is happening and being ahead of the curve in the business world. You know what I mean? Hmm. And every class, every class, I'm like, so what's what's new in the in the in this week's news? There'll always be one motherfucker that's gonna come up with some. Oh, well, I heard that Kanye West like did something. I'm like, yeah. motherfucker, that ain't news. That's <laughs> gossip. I don't want no gossip. I want motherfucking real shit. Yeah, what's really happening? <laughs> Talk to me about what's happening with the stocks of Spotify yeah. right now. Yeah. Talk to me like, that's give right. me the realness. Cut through the like, bullshit. Yeah, and, and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to encourage them to be a little bit you know in tune with the business that's right, you know? that's right. right. so before we go there because i know about the remix project but i want you to explain to people who don't know what it is i want to i want to kind of go chronologically so you go from being part of this hip-hop group mm -hmm. you come from edmonton mm -hmm. you move to to yeah how do you get involved on the business side and how do you eventually get hired by universal um i mean i i i you know was part of the scene i guess for like maybe you know almost I guess eight years, six, eight years before working for a record company. And mm -hmm. during that time, like you're going to parties, you're connecting with people, you're, you know, I worked at a record store throughout all that time. Where? You know, Sam the Record Man. Oh, you know what I'm saying? The original. Yeah. And then um, uh, I also started working for uh, Ramos, mm -hmm. Jonathan Ramos. Shout out Jonathan Ramos. And I knew Who's Jonathan, Jonathan Ramos, gentlemen. John, John is, a, you know, probably one of the biggest. You know concert promoters in toronto okay. you know he and, us uh, and if you know everyone. rap season if you follow rap season on on online they're, they're definitely a media company now from a standpoint of how they you know present content and, and all that type of stuff but they also do a lot of concerts like huge concerts you know he was the main hip-hop promoter in toronto okay yeah. are they are they like like the ricky d or are they the Eventco and in comparison to us i would say they're the ricky d because they're not Eventco's like live nation yeah. do you know what i'm exactly. saying so exactly you know uh, but but peter he now, jackson would be a nice but, one <laughs> nah ramos is very very it, corporate but, yeah. but doesn't doesn't peter well, book the well ramos sold his company he literally sold his company yeah. to another company now he works for uh, Inc., which is like one of the biggest, like you know, uh, entertainment companies in in Toronto. They own the Rebel Nightclub. They own like all a, oh, so, a lot of the clubs. So he's, he, we, so he works he, for Charles. Yes, he works for Charles. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you know that's so now he's not just like booking shows. Yeah. He's booking shows under. Shout Inc., out my homegirl Helen also. Who, you know, and he's also you know um, bringing shows into their establishments. You into know what I'm saying? Venues. So, um, but. Uh, yeah, I worked with him when he had his own company called REMG. I remember and that's so, when he used to book all yeah, of that shit. So, so I was like the runner. I was basically the uh, Picked promoter. Up the airport. They, oh, they picked him up Whatever needed to be done, guy. Whatever needed to be done, guy, I was that dude. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and Make I sure knew the street John, team was on point. I knew John from the first time I moved to the city. So we had a relationship. And, Great guy. Um, I think one of the most successful things we did together was Elemental. Like, you know, I remember Pope promoted those shows with him and um, they were like a weekly that we did. And our first show ever was Slum Village. Dope. That was the first show they ever did in Canada. Dope. You know what I mean? And we were doing, you know, bringing up acts that were kind of on the cusp. Mm -hmm. They weren't like big yet, but like they could feel like it's Toronto you know, had a vibrant people. underground scene. You know, cats like the grassroots and, yeah. and, 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 um, Oh man, what what was that group? One of one of the one of the guys passed away. They were Nefarious. Nefarious. Yeah, Nefarious. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know the first mm -hmm. show I ever did in TO before I met you, and even before I started messing with with Guru and them, Planet Mars. Oh, you were at Planet Mars? Get the fuck out of here! Fuck yeah, bro. You know about Planet Mars? I performed at Planet Mars. See, that's insane. See <laughs> that because that's before Elemental. So Paid Planet Mars. Planet Mars I is like 15. a real. 
Planet Mars is like a real. It was like our Toronto's lyricist, lyricist lounge. lounge. You know what I'm saying? And it was it was an amazing environment i met a lot of cats there that was the first time was, i was introduced to the real toronto hip-hop scene yes. in those years well we'll mc mc it was an mc environment it yeah. was mad like everybody was there everybody everybody Socks, had bar, me every danny bars. yeah yeah um man was, was cardi around those days or was too yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. i around? mean Cardi yeah, was, he was he was definitely, definitely Cardinal at that time. Yeah, 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 he was definitely early Cardinal. Cardinal. Early Cardinal, right. more rapping yeah. than 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 the chanting at, at that point. I don't know about that. I guess I, no. I guess he he's started. Always, he's, he's always had. That he's always in his had music. both vibes. He's always you know, had Naughty Dread was one of the first. You're right. You're right. Like, you're right. You're right. Yo, you're no, right. he always had that in his music. But I think um, uh, in that early stage, from doing those concerts, elementals, and mm -hmm. all that type of stuff, I just had built a rep for myself. Absolutely. And I basically got a job at BMG first in marketing. So I got hired there because of all the shows that I was doing. Who was doing. up there working with you? What was his name? Um, uh, Hizza, who was actually from Ottawa, mm -hmm. you know, originally. I have a question. Um, and and it's, it goes with this. I'm not just going to throw yeah, out yeah, another yeah. DeMar DeRozan here. Um, when come in from the get anything, do everything guy, and you go into like more of a corporate structure, Mm -hmm. What what goes on in your brain, or what went on in your brain that made you want to like kind of go from the rapper b boy to mainly like? Well, like... I was definitely not a b boy anymore by that time. Like, right, I had already hung up that. <laughs> the, the, we're the, we're that fast forward angle years. of me a little bit earlier. You know what I mean? But I think like it was just the next progression. Like I think like it's not a matter of like some guys are really at their prime in a, in a certain. You know, like you see an artist at a certain point, or you see like a, you know, I mean, by artist it could be like a painter, it could be graph art, anybody, and then somebody comes in and wants to like exploit that, mm -hmm. you know, and then they're like, how do I, how do I adapt to this environment? Mm -hmm. I never had that problem mm -hmm. because my dream ultimately was always to work for a record company. Like I, I grew up like I want to do, I want to do, I want to do A and R. Good for you, no, yeah. And and throughout the '90s, I put out my own 12 inches with my with my crew. Like I had done also other shit. You had done the ground. I'd done the groundwork as out. like a guy. Like fuck, this is hard. Like I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I put out records yeah. and had Primo playing our records on his air. Had Stretch Armstrong. All those guys. Like I had gone through the trenches of like right. the independent hip hop. So was it more hit. a structure thing? To and it join? was more yeah, it was definitely like fuck this like I need I feel like I was missing the found like some foundation sure. or some secrets or whatever the fuck it is. I was sure. like yeah, I feel like learning you're like I was like go. yo, if I come if I join through, you know, a real record label system, maybe I can learn a gain couple a, gain things a world of I, knowledge. I don't know. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. And so um when that landed on my lap, I kind of took the opportunity because sure. I was like let me try it. Perfect. So it wasn't I was never like, you know, uh, uh, scared or something like that. From it was like a natural progression. Being, it was a natural progression for me. Cool. You know what Very I'm saying? So from BMG, you start over there. What was some yeah. of the first projects you worked at BMG? Oh, fuck. First, the crazy thing about that is like, I can't remember the first because... Some of the notable projects? Because um, we were like being in, running the whole department of street marketing across the country, you're like 10 projects at a time like gotcha. it's like so much and we weren't just doing hip-hop we're doing rock artists mm. pop artists like i remember you know pushing pink's very first album before well, pink like, ever came out nope. you know what i'm saying and I, I, i'll share a funny story actually i remember i had in because back then i had to you know draft interns i had to draft street guys to come in and not, not street guys sorry i had to draft street team, street team people <laughs> 
I had, to, I, had to, I had to draft, you know, you some cats to come in and like be willing team to, of to hand out some stickers Ooh. and and get clubs the, and go to universities and put up posters, all that type of jazz. You know what I'm saying? And I had this one kid. I won't mention his name, but I remember. Um, uh, I don't know. He must have been like 17, 18 years old. I don't know why he thought he could kick game to pink. I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo. And and that was like, yo, you're no longer on the team. And he's like, no like, level. Like, like, like uh, the word, this is not professionalism. You know what I'm saying? I was like, and he's yo. a street team guy yeah, handing out the flyers. Like, yeah, like, I'm handing out your flyers. I'm trying to bone, what up, yeah, man? Yeah, I was like, yo. You, hey, you know what, though? This, this ain't going to work, kid. <laughs> but, yo, it's kind of a good story, yeah. though. I mean, that's a great way to get fired. Yeah, yo. yeah, Did yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I was trying to work my way up at BMG, but then I got immediately <laughs> fired for trying to bang pink? <laughs> that's a good one it's funny but um good pink story. uh what else rap essentials actually mm. well rap essentials had their two thought i think the third volume that came out they had solitaire's song mm -hmm. uh easy to slip on it mm -hmm. and i, I worked it. that ghetto concept the too classic. much for much record classic mm. that when i worked um rascals uh, was Capone on noriega's second album uh rascals bad was on boys, that bad boy records whatever came out of bad, bad boys boy I worked. was always through BMG. um and then even on the rock side i was doing like stereophonics i was doing wow. um dave matthews band i was like oh. i was learning all so many different angles an amazing of, opportunity yeah and, and also learning marketing because it's not just like a lot of people don't realize like street marketing is not just putting up posters and shit it's like you're sitting and working with a marketing department to figure out like how are we going to get this artist involved in, in the community in, like not just involved in the community how are we gonna get people's a fucking attention how are yeah, they yeah. gonna know in the beyond, scene i mean like especially you know, if they act doesn't have a hit at radio like making sure a guy you know like I mean? making sure a guy like ramos you know is willing to give them that opening slot even yes. if they don't have anything going on yes. at radio but a lot a lot of it for me was djs like i really especially in that era you know i you know something else i didn't mention like i had a radio show so yeah. from 89 to 94 flow? Flow or no no i had a college there was no flow yet. i had a college hip-hop radio show on university of alberta Mm -hmm. Before oh, wow. I even moved, I did college radio. Oh, that wow. was actually the first, I'd say, like, real thing I think you could say is, like, okay, what, like, dancing to me is, like, that's simple shit. I was doing that from a kid, man. I'm busting. First real thing. You know what I'm saying? This was, but, this was the first time it was, this was radio but you loved This it. is, like, the first thing I was, like, I feel like I indulged myself in mm -hmm. the hip-hop culture in, like, mm -hmm. a different way. But, like, you know, I always in, was into, like, DJ culture. And, and by the way, our Spotify, mm -hmm. our YouTube were shows like his. That's the only time 100%. you were going to be exposed to new hip-hop. 100%. And it was hard in Alberta, I must tell you. Mm. Alberta is like, because I was a straight East Coast kind of dude, even though I'm born in L.A. and I have like all this L.A. roots. But like I listened to like Your a heart lot. Was in the East I was Coast a shit. hot, I listened to some West Coast shit, but I was heavy on the East Coast shit. And back then, in 89, 90, you know, 91, what was popping? NWA. Exactly. My phone would not stop fucking ringing. And I would be like, I don't play that here. I don't play that here. <laughs> You're like, I play Eric B and Rakim <laughs> I was and playing, Rick and Big Daddy. I was playing Kane Rakim. And... I was playing Big Daddy. I was playing Gangstar. I was playing, um, I was playing Cool C. Right. I was playing. I was like, I was playing a lot of that Classes. type of shit. You know what Classes. I'm saying? And I was like, yo, you can get that that shit on the other show that plays later on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but that was almost commercial to us. Like we were so yeah, in yeah. this headspace yeah. of like, you I know, mean, you guys are both very much East Coast guys, right? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, that's where your heart yeah. is as far as your favorite. But I, right? I, I have to say, I really got into West Coast music late. 
Like when I started working for a record store is when I started getting the West Coast shit. Because yeah. I used to get in fights with guys that come in the store and like, yo, can I get some Mac Dre? Yo, can I get some Spice One? I'm like, what are you? What are you? Can I get some E40? I'm like, yo, what you are you doing? Why? You and know, I'm like, like, and I'm like, yo, yo, why you want to buy that? Why do you have? Do you have the book that Boogie Down Production yeah, record? Yeah. And I like, I used to get in fights There's with these all, like there West Coast guys. Like him at the HMVs, <laughs> but you know that was dope too because as a young kid, like we would get education from you know what I'm saying from cats, cats like, like me. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah. So I'd be like, okay, they'd be like, yo, listen to this if you're into that. Listen to this. Yeah, and then that's how we might discover more obscure shit right? bingo you know, you know what, what i'm mean? saying but you're, like, you're the original suggested artist in the <laughs> yeah. of the, oh totally, <laughs> totally it's like totally. what are you buying that book for yeah but i guess what i was trying to get at all and all is like you know i always loved like i i collect records i'm a dj i i like i'm always being connected to Curious. that part of life yeah. and so when i started working at bmg that was like a huge thing for me as like it was a step up as a student it, it sink of, your of, teeth of, into no that. not no it was all about i need to make sure i know every fucking dj in all across canada oh. that was my like oh. goal out of anything is like i want to know who has a radio show who's in a club who's there that's why i had, really did know and, <laughs> to the point where he found my phone number and we were shooting a video and my boy had the phone. He goes, some guy from Universal just called. And I'm like, well, why didn't you give me the fucking phone? He's like, because you were shooting. And then, like, he literally would seek the right people out. You yeah, know what I mean? I've, so I've, I've always been, I've, I'm always like that to this day. Like, I think Student that's what makes me game. a good manager. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't, um, sit and wait for the phone ring i don't right. sit and wait to find somebody's phone you email. have to you have i mean the the, the internet to. is our best friend like i could find anybody's to. info at least and, right and shoot your shot at least like at least, exa peace exactly. like i just want to connect exactly. want to introduce myself right. and sometimes you know down the line they might not respond immediately because you're not on their radar but down the line you might meet at an event Bingo. and then it clicks exactly no you pun know? intended uh. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah i think that was a big Part of it for me is like mm -hmm. learning that that trait, and to go into Styles Awards, which was like a wait. DJ. You're skipping a major part. Oh, we got to go man. chronologically. All right. So you so you literally at this point got to meet everybody in the scene. <laughs> wait. <laughs> this is my show. No, because I don't want us to go on a I'm tangent joking. and then people not understand the history. Mark, no, I didn't no, realize this show was going to be about interviewing me. I thought we we're just going to be shooting this shit. Oh, I'm well. loving this. No, oh, we'll I, shoot some I, shit. I have, I have some rapid fire questions if you want. Oh, later. We'll shoot some shit. I, I just want. I just want to get. I just want to get through your story. So, from uh, from from college radio to Ramos's company mm -hmm. to BMG. Mm -hmm. Now you pretty much know everybody in the scene slowly but surely. You you made sure to to plant your feet firmly. So where's the transition from BMG to Universal? How does that? Um, just I, th you know, they basically were looking for, uh, you know, at this time, the first of all, there was no urban A and R's in all of any of the record companies. Like even BMG really didn't have an urban A and R person. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were very, I would say, more advanced than any other label at that time because they had Ghetto Concept. They had In Essence, the R&B group. Yeah, they had Sean Desmond. Yeah. They they were doing things that were Keisha Shante. You know, Ivan Barry worked at BMG at that time. And if but you know who pushing. Ivan is, yeah, Ivan is like one of the like godfathers of, of hip-hop in this country. Yeah. He managed Dream Warriors. Mm -hmm. He managed Missy Me, who's like, one of the fucking the first big rapper out of this country to actually get a record deal. Right. She actually is the first rapper to get an American deal. 
Wow. Mishy me before anybody else before my show before anybody it was Mishy you yeah. know what I'm saying but it's like so he was in the game from time so like, he was working in international at that time and um, he actually he's the one who kind of pushed me for the job to be real with you I I I really didn't I knew the job was open and I never applied well because I just didn't think I was ready for it like I wanted to go I wanted to do radio. <laughs> Wow. wow! I wanted to be a guy working radio. I did. Radio was um, fun. I, I worked radio like it was one of my first jobs. Was just cutting up sixty second promos mm. that people could like just do their uh, what's it called uh, like like their promo stuff over like like oldie tracks. Right. And I'd have to like sit there with like old mixing technology. You know what I mean? And cut these tracks together. It was my first job. Was in radio. For, for me, it was more like from the standpoint of the record company working at a record company and being the guy who has to go to radio stations and being mm. like, hey. Here's the brand new blessed record. You got to mm -hmm. play this shit. Mm -hmm. That was the position I wanted to have because Crazy I felt because right? I felt like well that position still exists. That's but it's one like, of the few things but, that still exists. But I, I felt radio like tracker. We call my it. ultimate dream was always to do A and R. But I thought that the best way for me to get there and to be the best the A and R was like if I knew every radio programmer, then you yeah. Then I could get every record I wanted fucking heard. <laughs> So, that without, was my thought so without having to do that, they hire you as the A and R. Yeah, I, I basically went into you know I ended up taking Ivan's you know advice and and um, you know Universal was looking because they had at the time they had Bad Boy um, uh, sorry Baby Blue Sound Crew. I remember they had you know they had some a little they had a whole urban department that was pushing Def Jam and Interscope mm -hmm. Records and very mm -hmm. successful at it. Mm -hmm. You know, shout out Ivan Evidente. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Ivan. You know? I just I just seen him <laughs> last year. I went up there to Universal oh, and we chopped yeah. it up. So, you know, um, when they were looking for somebody, they, they basically were looking for like an urban person, that, that term urban, but it's like they were that looking for like that. That was like the plague of like... What, what year are we in right now? They called any... Uh, 2002. And, okay. and anything okay. that wasn't... 2001, Anything that wasn't like indie rock or dance music was immediately urban. Yeah. You yeah. know, at the time, like it wasn't defined, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So ba basically... Um, they were looking for like a junior rock person and a, a junior urban person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went in there and basically said, I don't want to be your token black guy. I don't want to be your fucking token urban guy. Good for you. Stand you up. You know, mm -hmm. I'll, I, I, can, I can sign a fucking rock act, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. I got ears. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or a pop actor. And, and, and that was my shit. I was like, yeah. I, and on top of that, like, I want to learn a and r as a and r is don't put like a terminology on it yeah like oh mm -hmm. when somebody sends us a hip-hop demo that's the only thing we're gonna use exactly click for. exactly and they have you in a little box you know yeah what I, mean? I didn't want that and and um i guess i don't think a lot of other people said that um i know the He's only other to get with i know the other guy who said that was um a guy named fritz the cat fritz so so fritz and me both got the job mm. as Two guys who came from the hip hop community, mm -hmm. but both were like down to do different shit. So you know what I'm saying. So yeah. that's basically how. So what were we the pro? The, I, so it started with Baby Blue Sound Crew. Um, notable no. projects you worked. Um, once you got there. I mean, the first kind of like act that I, you know, funny enough, being in Montreal, the first act that I actually championed and brought to the label was Sam Roberts. Dope. You know, not even a hip hop act. Dope. You know, somebody played me his fucking demo, and I was like, yo. This song, Brother Down, is a fucking smash hit. Sam's brother Dan's a good friend of mine. I used to play it every day, every day at 10. 
Dope. on the fucking on on the on the stereo, loud as fuck, because I wanted everybody to know that this song's a fucking hit. Mm-hmm. And I remember Randy Lennox used to walk. He walked by my who was a president at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Walked right. by my desk. He says, "Man," because his office was literally like. Uh, an arm away from mine mm-hmm. so he cool. whatever i played at 10 i know he would hear it through the wall <laughs> <laughs> perfect right so you're walked, subconsciously mind he, fucking he, him he, into doing exactly i was mind fucking everybody i like right? it i like it and he walked by my desk he's like yo you really like this song hey i'm like yo this is a fucking hit oh, okay what's his name you know that type of shit yeah. that's what you that's what you wanted ideally it, right With, exa- to, you, to get the circulation in the room so that Maybe it, it goes somewhere bigger. Exactly. So, I mean, he was kind of, I, I didn't really know how to work A&R at that stage. Like, I wasn't even a year in when I was like. Can you define really... that position for me? Because, like, I, I know the term. A&R stands for artist and repertoire, which, you know, repertoire means, like, the artist's music. They're, it comes from the term, like, of years back when artists would write songs and that was their repertoire. Really, as an A&R, you know? correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. a true A&R's job would be to develop a band or an artist to mm-hmm. get the music polished, to have them work with the right producers, producers and develop their real sound. And build their repertoire. Which maybe I could get you to talk about <laughs> leads me to my next question. Do you feel like the A&R is a major position that's missing from hip hop these days and from hip hop and perhaps why we see the quality in some in some respects you know going backwards Mm -hmm. a little bit that there's a lack of people like you who are hired to make sure an artist is ready i think i think there's some i think there's some players in the game don't there's some players in the game that, that fit the role that that do care yeah but there's different mentality. But it was mandatory there's for every project. There's different mentality uh, um, amongst like business people. You know how people want to sign acts. How mm-hmm. people want to. Certain people who aren't developers. They're not nurturers. They just they, want analytics. They just want. It's not just the analytics. They want to find acts that already are good to go. They mm-hmm. already established have, already. Uh, established, with a fan base. They already have something, and that was a big reason why I don't work at Universal anymore just mm-hmm. to be 100 like yeah. I fair. I've always no, been that was the nature of my I've, I've always no, been a guy to find seeds and that's I've always right. been a guy who likes to water seeds that's and right. likes to watch them bloom into apples amazing and record companies I felt were lean, well not felt they were pushing me to be like fine apples fine apples because you keep bringing things that nobody understands or sees yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. i i was champion drake in 2006 7 and mm. nobody fucking got it that's actually the you know year that saying? i met him so, at your event i mean i wouldn't say nobody got it because actually randy and alan who were alan who was my boss and randy the president definitely we sat down and had a meeting with drake mm. but when i went to try to sell it to america because we were trying to do joint venture we were trying to do a joint venture and shit yeah. it was challenging yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was a big thing of just like that's what's changed with the game today. Mm-hmm. That um thankful enough Drake is being able to kick in a door in such sure. a big way that it's made not only it's changed the the mindset of the industry look, and how they look at Canadians mm-hmm. from uh urban music hip-hop, standpoint hip hop like and fully accepted and, now and everything but it's also changed um the the thought process of fans. Yeah. Because before then you know, even 
I remember there was a time where I didn't see people wear Toronto t-shirts. I didn't mm -hmm. see people wear the pride um, wasn't the pride yeah. did not live they in our system. Mm -hmm. And now you know I think it is married with also success of sports. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, you it's know I remember forward. everybody had New York hats in the nineties. Mm -hmm. Nobody was wearing a Raptors shirt. Mm -hmm. Nobody was like like now things. they wear it with pride. Now, and there's Drake a, sen is there's a huge sense of pride. Yeah. I can go to shows and there's like fucking three hundred kids out to see a local guy from Toronto that nobody in the really? rest that, of the world knows of. Yes, that's not like a pressa, like like an actual yeah, like an I'm underground. Talking, yes, underground shit that is bubbling. There is There's people support. there because they hmm. generally like what this guy has, mm -hmm. and that is something that never existed. That kind of before. support doesn't really exist in your city until you come back. Exactly. Usually, you have to come back. And, and he's and saying the climate is changing. The climate has changed. Very cool. So and and you know there was a time when I was an A and R guy, and I remember call. I remember distinctly because I signed a group called Earths. Who were on a uh, on a on a song card now? They're part of Monolith with Danny all those oh, yeah, guys, yeah, you know. Them, yeah. And um, I remember when I was trying to pitch them to labels in the U.S., having these conversations. I'll never forget having a conversation with the a is A and R guy, and I wish I could remember his name, but I do know he worked for Ruckus, mm. right? And they had just done the deal with MCA mm -hmm. or Interscope at the time, and I was trying to pitch to him, and he was like, "They'll never be, they will never ever be." A Canadian rap star. Wow! I'll never forget this. I'll, it's like drained. It's like stained in my brain right now. Like it's I'll, almost like the universe, because he said yeah. that all of this happened. <laughs> like you know? I remember having this conversation with him, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And like, "What the fuck?" Like, like you know what I remember? We're on the cusp of that. Like, look at Socrates. Look at Shark. I remember what and in I those remember years. saying all these things to him, and he yeah. was just like, "No, dude." Like there's igloos. Like oh my god, no, it's crazy you said that. <laughs> there's there's Click. never gonna be any fucking buddy from Canada. That's gonna they bust. really thought there was igloos, and I remember meeting in those years with Def Jam, spit my shit, blew them away, and then they were like, "Yo, you 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 know that shit's fire. Shit's dope, but you spitting icicles." Son. No, no, he said he goes he goes, but we don't know how to market you. He goes unless you're from Brooklyn or you're from Compton. We don't know what to do. And then they said, they got ghettos in Canada. How do you know how to rap like that? Don't they have igloos and shit? I swear to you, igloos <laughs> specifically was brought up at Def Jam. People so he's know. not lying when he says People it. didn't know. There was this ridiculous, <laughs> and I used to laugh. I used to say, we're, we're as far as Boston. We're your neighboring yeah, no, city. No, Maine's actually yeah. higher up. Yeah, we don't walk with snowshoes. We're, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's funny. Ridiculous. It's funny. But yeah, basically, that's, that's the, um, you know, some of the acts I worked with. There was other acts. Julie Black was probably the, the most successful act I ever mm -hmm. really worked with. And then there's other acts I had almost, you know, two steps of being involved with but went on other places. You Give know, us one. what it is. Give us one. Um, one that you that you that you would that have I liked missed to, that I yeah. love to this day. Yeah, yeah. He's not a household name, but he's very successful as a guy named Justin Azuka. Mm -hmm. Amazing fucking singer songwriter, very soulful kid. Went on to like sign with Universal in Amer in, in France and has like toured Europe and the world and has okay. an amazing fan base. Dope. You definitely have to check him out. He's a beautiful singer songwriter. But like, you know, there's just tons of those type of things that you come across. You're like, okay, let me help, let me nurture this. But then it just, you know, they end up not doing a deal with you for whatever reason or they go somewhere else, sure, or sure. whatever it is, you know. But sure. yeah, that's. You so know. you left Universal mm -hmm. after a while because I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, I would think the business is starting tr to, to transition. Things were, things were changing. Right. Um, I, also, for me, I, I, opportunity was basically thrown to me. Like I had always talked about record companies. Um, I was always talking about record companies needed to actually get into management. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
I was actually, sense, right? I was actually saying that like probably in 2005, I was saying, hey, we need to start managing artists because I would go and find wicked bands and artists mm -hmm. that had no management or their mom was their manager mm -hmm. or their dog or whatever it is. There was you know there's still a serious lack of like <laughs> the lack, the management, lack of management companies. Like, you know, there's a handful of great managers, right. but they fuck with the big boys. Exactly. And, you know, the again, development. Right. right? So Correct me I, if I'm wrong. Sorry to cut you off. Yes. Yeah, I'm curious. In today's day, and I, I could be wrong. You guys know a lot better than I do. Um, why do I feel like everyone's like homeboy or anyone's best friend manages them today? Like, because there's like, a shortage of real right? professional like, managers. No, out you there. know what it is. Am I am I wrong in saying that? No, you're not wrong in saying that. But I think what it like is. They're close. Too, they're always like, friends. I'm not. I'm not mad at like. Um, I'm not mad. Like I'm not saying that nobody. I'm not saying that your mom can't manage you. I'm not saying that your your best friend can't manage you. They can manage you if their real true aspirations are to be a manager, a manager yeah, and be right. in the and business. Not be a and they're not there, and they're not just there because they need to support you. Yeah. They're more there, but like, yo, this is what I do, right. and I am now the kind manager, kind of like and this clip. is what I want to. This is where I, I want to be with my my partner here. Do yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, LeBron did that. LeBron makes it to the NBA, mm -hmm. and then his two best friends. He tells one of them go get a degree in in business, and the other one in management, and they're his agent and his his business. Uh, but LeBron manager. is at the top of the top of but, the top. But his friends had the aspirations. And, and Drake's of doing this. Drake has brought his whole team and yeah. everything. Like there was a point where it's, when it started, he did have some other players involved. But mm -hmm. over time, he had the muscle to basically say, "No, I'm going to keep my own team." In That's right. Jazz has been around since in. day one. You know, uh, not Jazz. Jay Prince, like the younger one. Well, Jay, Jay Prince is more. I I don't think he's. From what I know, I mean, I'm not heavily involved in their camp, but I believe I don't think he's actually part of their management. I think no. he's like he was the like guy a, who a, kind a, of brokered. The he's deal the guy initially. who brokered the deal and got them in. Okay. But like yeah. like Future the Prince and 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 uh, Oliver and Forty and all these guys. Like these are all guys that literally really did come up with him and started and, with and him. are still so in cool. his. Circle. Oliver used That's to have cool. a boutique right next exactly. to Much. We used exactly. to go up there all the time. So. My thing is like it's not you can definitely have your crew and people with them. Just make sure that they they are stepping up properly. That's right. In they that, have to want in this that as a position. But, but and I was just running into people who didn't have anybody, or they had like somebody because they were too young, or their mom, and or, needed the development. Guys and, like and Drake they, and LeBron. They didn't have, have a proper. A different they didn't have a proper problem. business structure. So I basically said like, why isn't Universal just manage them? That's but right. that's a that would be a very big you know conflict of interest mm -hmm. and it'd be a lot of different things that would just bump in in the head so mm -hmm. um it wasn't until like 2008 that randy basically because things had been moving fast and things had been changing mm -hmm. robbie williams who's like one of the first big um artists from the uk did a I 360 remember. deal with emi and that all of a sudden changed a lot of people's decision making on okay record companies like are building merchandise companies now they're mm -hmm. building live companies to be able to tap Share into in revenue. that revenue right yeah. So I was like, he was like, we need to do the management now. And I was like, what? <laughs> I got on the phone, called a lawyer, and I figured out how to kind of make that work. And mm -hmm. I started my management company and left A&R into management. And so you were working management for Universal? Yes, I was. Oh, I did not even realize A lot of that. people didn't know that. I didn't know. Because I didn't sell it like that. <laughs> right. So that became your new position, uh, management. Yeah. And then, um, and you started and Stylus Awards around that I, time. Uh, I started Stylus Awards way before that. Way actually. before. Yeah. Yeah. But that's when it was like, bubbling. I, I was doing Stylus Awards when I worked at Universal. I remember. Yeah. I was yeah, at yeah. almost all of yeah, them. But yeah. what year did you start? Ran around for eight years. Ended in 2013. 
2005, six around that time. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it possible they did a Stylus Awards in Ottawa one year? Well, or we maybe did it was something else. No, but we did like events in every city, and okay. we. What, what we, are some of the bigger know? ones? Uh, there's the Stylus Awards. What are some of the bigger Canadian music awards? There's I forget the other one that like. Well, he founded the Stylus Awards, which was a DJ awards. Which was well, DJ. it wasn't just a DJ awards show, and that's where it got like sticky and why it kind of like closed the door on it. But like, you know, we after the second year we called it the Stylus Awards. We oh never, no, no, the, yeah, yeah. We like, never called it the DJ awards because, you know, the performances were artists. We no, no, gave, yeah, and we gave away awards yeah. to like best record of the year. Yeah, he, nom- he nominated. We nom- shout out for yeah, the Rod we, Digger, we nominated uh, like artists. Based on like, you know. But the DJ was a prominent kind well, of. Because that's where it started. Gotcha. And that was also something that I felt would be the. Basically, I took, I took a note from the Mixo Power Summit to be mm-hmm, 100% mm-hmm. with you. Makes sense. You know, the Mixo yeah. Power Summit doesn't happen anymore. But, you know, shout out Renee. What, what is it? The Mixo Power Summit was like a, a, a DJ summit in the US where all the DJ would come into one big conference. And it's where a lot of the record companies would break records. They would come and basically have the artists come into the market. They would do a special event. They'd have T-shirts, vinyl, everything. Do drops. To introduce you to, nationally to, in, to, to the introduce DJ. the brand new record to the DJ. Dope. And I saw how all these DJs from around all of America showed up in one spot. And then I noticed how how records were being broken. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude. And you just spent years accumulating contacts and lists, <laughs> and everyone knows your face. So if you tell everyone come to me. They're going to show and, up. And I was just also thinking about infrastructure. Like, I knew that, like, creating an event where the whole country comes together, and you then you start to realize, well, who are all the players? Who are all the main DJs? Mm-hmm. And this is based on, like, you know, all the market saying who is the top DJs. And mm-hmm. if all those top DJs are in one place, then we can also, as a, as a record company, come to them and be like, yo, here's the hot new records. Here's all this. Other people are going to come in, managers. It's just going to be a hub to developing infrastructure. And you did a great Genius. job. It was a great event, the right. Stylus Awards. So it, it worked, um, but then it just got to a point where, like, DJ culture is not like artists where every year the artist has a new song. And if that artist isn't pop, like, it's, it's as good as the song is. And, you know, in Canada, there's only a chosen few that are – Every year, it's the same person. So right. we couldn't, we couldn't just change it to an artist, that, yeah. an artist format because every year we'd be giving it to fucking Drake. <laughs> every year it was like we need more success stories. Yeah. And honestly, I think we're almost at that point where there is a lot more well, success Toronto stories. Has it. I'm still waiting for our guy. I mean, no offense, bless. I love you, mm-hmm. but you were you're way ahead of the game. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you're still historically a legend. But at the same time, we don't we don't have. Our guy. Well, yeah, but you got a couple guys. Guy. You got a couple guys that, over the years though that has gotten some shine and some light. Yeah, there is definitely some, some dudes in this. And there's miscommunication them, because, like we were saying mm-hmm. at the beginning, there is a lack of infrastructure, and that and lack of infrastructure doesn't expose it. So there's no urban radio here. There's no stylus awards here. Right. There's no yeah, much yeah, music yeah, yeah. here. There's no mix shows. So there's no Sony. There's no BMG. Guy, there's no Columbia. How do you want a guy, whether it's me or some sixteen-year-old kid in his basement watching this? How do you want that to bubble if there are no platforms to promote yeah, that? Yeah, but the thing Local, is, locally. But the thing is that we You can only pop nationally. And I think that's the misconception that you may have is like Toronto doesn't really have that either. Like Oh no, like, I don't think it does. Yeah. But certainly at least had a fighting chance at having yes, some outlets yes, there, and some there was funding. a lot more 
I one thing I did realize from coming to, to Montreal and always connecting with people, mm -hmm. and you know, I went. You know, the other thing I did is like I I did in the Hall of Fame thing. So I did the Hall of Fame thing for myself of learning about the history of every city. Sick. You know, so you know, putting um, uh, was that the cards? Pusher T and Pusher uh, 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 T and um, who else did I put in? Um, OG DJ from Montreal. Oh fuck! It's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't. Mike remember. Mission. Huh? Mike Mission? No, way before that. Way before. I'm talking 80s. Okay, you know what I'm sorry. saying? But like, I'm sorry. Whoever's listening, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It will come to me and they'll be like, yo, that's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. But Stay my point comments, is, guys. I, di I did it. I did it in all and every, like I did in Vancouver, did it in Calgary, did it in, like, I wanted people to realize that um, the culture of hip hop and R&B didn't just start overnight. Yeah, of course. This not. has been birthed from a DJs and and MCs Absolutely. and promoters Absolutely. and people in, in the scene who have cultivated what we have now. That's right. And by telling that story, you learn something. And when I did the one in, in Montreal, I learned a lot because it's the only market that has the most fucking uh, complexity because of the language. I think you interviewed me for when you came to Montreal. I did. I yes, did. I yes. interview and and I learned from talking to all these Montreal guys the whole complexity of the, the fact that there's Francophone and English and how right. the English people are treated. As, so greater, as Greater Toronto is what, like 7 million or something? 6 million people? I think we're half that, and then you divide it in half again because of the French. That too. But there's also the, the, in, the internal business bullshit. Yeah. The internal the business and infrastructure. You want to give the grants to Quebec, promote French culture. Of Quebec and all that stuff that was really hurting Different English here, rap, man. right? Yeah. And I learned that. It was that. making and, it and impossible really, to get funded. And, and then there's the, the um, crabs in the bucket mentality that was mm -hmm. happening in the scene as well, where Toronto had almost felt like Montreal was 10 years behind where Toronto was. Infrastructure-wise, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm talking I'm not absolutely. talking about artistic-wise. Absolutely. I'm talking about You're like... Right. The scene and how it can we're, get we're your out of grimy something. little brother. Pardon me? We're your grimy little brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disorganized like grimy yeah, little yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's <laughs> something that I definitely like learned from doing the stylist stuff was like just going across the country, of course, learning about the history of, of scenes and 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 uh, and I, I love that shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and um, well, you know, still I, doing I, it I really, this day, I so. really. I really like. I have a lot of people always come and say, "Yo, when's Styles coming back?" I'm like, I'm, I'm not bringing that shit back. It was so much fucking work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a lot of work. I used to see his face. He was stressed but I got, out. But I gotta give, I gotta give Mike Z. Like, I couldn't have started the Styles Awards without Mike Z. Mike was, um, he owned Flavor Pool, which was the biggest DJ record pool in the country at that time. Mm. So he also had all the relationships and had already been doing all the lists award the shows before cool. the Styles Awards for Flavor Pool DJs. And he came to me and was basically like, yo, I want to do an award show again for the DJs. And I said, well, if you're going to do it, you got it. You got to cut down that whole record pool bullshit mm. and open it up to everybody. That's right. And you got to make it national. And that's all of a sudden how the style works. And it really did. Everybody, you know, we got a chance to like, as artists, to network with mm -hmm. guys from different pockets of the country. Like the Montreal and Toronto guys, we knew each other because I was mm -hmm. always in Toronto with these guys. But like to meet guys from, you know, uh, Winnipeg and other guys mm -hmm. from Ottawa whenever, and, and put everybody in an auditorium. And, it was, it and Drake would come out all the time <laughs> yeah. too. And, shit. It wasn't, there, it, and it wasn't just... Um, it wasn't just like for the artists, it was DJs too. Like I know DJs who had never met each other sure, before sure, and sure. now they toured to like I think like um Pump and and uh 
DR and and and, Raph and, and, DR, all, and all those guys yeah. that all built relationships from actually meeting each other at mm-hmm. some of these things and all of a sudden DJs were touring and and going other places that they never usually Grand did doing great. and everybody was literally fucking putting Styles Award nominee or they everybody's putting on all their flyers everywhere mm-hmm. you look that shit was being pushed to help sell themselves and you, you know? could see my point as how important and integral the infrastructure and the movement and the scene mm. is in order to catapult an artist to success there has to be more going on besides a song yeah it's a yeah, movement yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's, def- it's it's definitely it's, a movement it's, events. it's also no- connecting with people which i noticed you've always known about that from time you're like yo we're gonna go to this thing we're gonna go to that thing had to be my like, you def- can't live yeah. in your basement my my biggest problem and to add to what you just said mm-hmm. uh, that I've always and I, I did a couple of shows just to give you a quick like I, I did probably like I don't know 50, 60 of my own like hosted events and stuff so I have a little bit of like an inclination of like who's here and, and who's doing what my biggest problem that I have with unsigned like like we'll call them local artists I don't like that term um, is when they re-adapt based on what's trending and they're always like maybe a year or two behind being oh, themselves. Are you talking about like a guy who raps you, like Wayne and then raps like Kanye? Okay, and then well raps that, like, that that's one hundred. What's going on right now? Uh-huh. I hate that. It's that's one. Again, it that's, kills one me. that's one. Hundred, and that's one hundred. Guess that's, what, guys? That's what's I know, but right guess what, guys? Are you ready for the punchline? That's what happened when you remove the A and R from the equation. There is no OG but guiding. It, no, no, it, that, guiding. you can't put all the blame on A and Rs like that. No, I'm not saying. I'm not putting the blame. I'm saying. We need the A and R's back. The way the structure of it so is, so hip hop like, culture doesn't rapidly. It, it, it won't happen. It's it, no bless. I'm telling you right now. I don't think it will happen, but, but bless, it's a shame. It has nothing to do with A and R's. Has to do with the culture and has to do with the, the the way that the industry is built now. Like you have you have an a digital oh that's a digital world that goes without that just axes out A and R. It axes out cuts out anything. the middleman. Yeah, like there is no middleman anymore. Makes so sense. there's no. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, th- there's no, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Gatekeeper. Not gatekeeper, like, uh, controller. Right. Gatekeeper. No one to filter out. I guess, could, could you, I don't like using gatekeeper, but it's like somebody, like there was a scene when somebody like, yo, yes, you are dope. This song is dope. So now is ex- you get in the system. That is exactly Now that point, doesn't though. exist and because don't everybody feel, can put the shit up. But don't, and kids that don't know any better or just follow the trends you know get behind something that's yep. dope and it doesn't matter if it sounds like somebody else from yesterday or if the mix is not even properly like, yeah, sonically it's because, not up to par because it just happens to be sound cool and hot to what they like already They're in the moment used to that and i noticed that like even when i sit and i talk to like um you know my i always ask like my young new students to come into play and stuff i'm mm-hmm. like um do, do you care when you go to shows and and rappers are rapping over top of their ver- verses or they're singing auto tune. Are you singing auto tune? Or or they can't sing at all. For us, it was a faux pas. Yeah. Like you didn't want to do or, that. Or or you, or you can't sing. Or you can't sing at all. And like it, like like yeah. does that bother? Like does it bother you? Yeah. I'd say more than half don't care. Well, so it tells me that the kid, like young generation, they're not paying their their meter of like what matters does not is not the same as what we grew up well on yeah what is and and i feel like i think i'm, not, I think we I wanted, I'm also not a grumpy old, no, old guy no, no, no. where one of these guys in the past would be like oh we need to school them no we need yeah, to not yeah. like yo you gotta it's move a new with the time. time it's a yeah. new generation you gotta let move them with do the time. what they want to do think, let them be what they want to no, be they're that's what social it is medias I, and, I think as hip-hop i think as hip-hop heads though we were looking for a certain level of polish 
You know what I'm saying? It was also a code to the streets. Well, That's obviously. just what it is. There was a code to the things. It's like you did not bite. You did not there do your code. Every the, those, are, those are the things that just came. But with my the point game. is this: you know what I'm saying? my point is this. Don't you feel coming from your back from coming from the background as an A and R, coming seeing both both eras? Don't you feel like hip hop would benefit tremendously from the power players playing more of a position of gatekeeper. Really, the Diddies and the Jays and these guys really saying, you know what, instead of just moving with metrics, which we know business is business, it's going to be done, mm -hmm. there needs to be a minimum quality control to preserve the culture. I think, I think like, if you... If I know you it's sign, idealistic. If you sign with any major, there's going to be that anyway. Thank They're God. not going to let something Thank go God. out the door that wasn't properly mixed or mastered Thank or taken God. care of. That's a guarantee. Thank God. Right? I but, I, look but I do think that a lot of them are, are aligning with like teams that already have things in motion. Sure. So they're not like taking somebody control. that they're not taking somebody like, oh, yo, you can spit or you can sing. Okay, yeah, let yeah, me I start with you and let's just go. You have no fans. Let me help you build that. Nobody's doing that. Obviously. So my, my point is if they see something that's already working, they might give their two cents. But think about it. Put yourself in the other person's <laughs> shoes. You're a rapper who's already got like, you know, millions of fucking streams, mm -hmm. you know, thousands of, of followers. Ain't trying to hear shit. And you're going to tell me how to do my shit? Motherfucker, I'm, I I'm got already people working. on my show. I'm already, I'm yeah, already I'm doing already it. Good, like, yeah. what, what, unless, unless you're like, the relationship and the trust is there with right. somebody. You look at you and said somebody, Diddy. And, and, somebody, and somebody's like, yo, I really want to get better at what I do. That's right. But, I don't know. My opinion with hip hop is I think like there's such like there's a lot of egos in rap right now. Like, there's always been. there's there's always been, but I feel it's like I don't know. There's not the the, the level of consciousness in what I'm hearing does not exist at no, all in the mainstream. So, so the game. the way that they're doing music right now is on a party flex pills, all types of shit. We know that, that doesn't even give them a chance to come back to reality. Be like, how can I be better? But then you they're know, just what? like, yo, let's fucking get crunk and let's have a good time. And what's working for me is working. Let's make this money. Let's move. Let's go. Right now, That's what it right is. now, that formula is obviously working. Cookie cutter. It's working. Everybody has colorful hair. Everybody has diamond chokers. <laughs> Everybody has diamond chokers. Colorful hair. Face tattoos Say and no. and rapping tattoos. well. Everybody's and rapping, got chokers. Everybody's got diamond chokers now. Chokers Ch like this short. Everybody like ninety percent of bubbling right, charting right. rappers. Facts and right. and rapping really well is a liability. Yo yo, click. How is rapping really well a liability? <laughs> a liability right now. But do you feel like yes, that is the cookie cutter, easy tramp stamp. <laughs> that's the easy, you know what I mean? The, that's the easy one. But how do you explain a guy like Kendrick and J. Cole being so embraced? I think the, I, the public I, I palette do, hasn't I, just I do believe I'm, The culture I, is I, I being do, manipulated I do wanna, and I shifted. Do, I do want to say I don't think everything is in one, one pocket. I do think that there's certain things that get through and it's an anomaly. You get your hip-hop anywhere now. But I also think that those ones that are anomaly that get in. It's not the majority. It's the minority. It, it's because they also have something very fucking special. I'm sorry, but Kendrick is very special. 100%. I'm sorry, but J. Cole is very special. But the people... Logic is even special. But absolutely. Like but, all these but, guys that you want to put into that bucket of bars, you know, even Pusher T, even like it's all these guys. great album name, by the way. It's but, because they But people's they have, tastes haven't changed. They fucking love that shit. They, they, exactly. So there's still a massive market I go to their concerts, there's tons them. of people there for there. I still mean, even, even though Drake sings... He does rap too, and Drake raps you know fucking saying? well. So my we point, my, my point is, is like it still exists, and there's a space for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 
um, to, I understand what you're trying to go with asking about the question of like, I guess, you know, A&R and, and regulating, you know, what good stuff. Making sure there's a quality plan. control. Makes quality Minimum control quality happening. control. I get it. And I think it does exist. And I think that if you're not feeling like it exists, it's because the person who's letting that other shit go through is what they want to go through. Oh, for sure. Do you that's see what I'm saying? Like that's, that's 100%. like it's gone through because somebody says that's what we're doing. We're pushing this. Yeah. That's what we believe in and that's working. So let's go. And it and is working not to is. take it away from anybody. Right. I'm just playing devil's advocate asking these questions because I know where I stand on it. And I'm pretty sure I know where he stands. But you do have a unique perspective being that guy from that background. Yeah. You, you were and are a gatekeeper, not in a bad way, in a good way, because mm -hmm. you were giving a shot to shit you believed in and you wanted to make sure it was as dope as possible before you put your name to it. Right. I think the hardest thing for me is, I, I, you got to remember, I left before like the internet blew up, before like, you know, Instagram was live, before Spotify was live. I didn't have those tools. YouTube was still there. And YouTube was, was still was there, coming. but it wasn't... Um, Guys wasn't using it like that. No, you no, know no. What I'm I saying know. it and wasn't the end all and be all. It's right. all social media. So my my point is, um, I sit and I look at where things are now, and I'm like really, really happy, and I see how it's being able to help out Absolutely. our industry. Absolutely, and what's happening all especially across, hip hop, all across Canada, especially and not just hip hop. Like to me right now, like I'm all about soul. Like I love soul music, man. Absolutely. Like I I think I think soul music is one of the Best with pop you. and shit that's happening you. right now in this country. You know, Boosie's coming out with a soul electronic album. soul vibes. There's dope shit coming out of like almost every fucking province. This guy's doing some cool shit that Amazing. I actually think cuts through easier than other shit. And I think just because of the conservative bullshit of where we live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's like, um, I just, I'm really happy to see what is striving, what's popping. And I think the hardest thing for artists now, it's not so much about getting out the gate. It's about getting over the hill once you've got to the top of the hill. Because nice. I think like getting to our top of a hill, there's no excuses. Like if you're telling me, oh, yo, man, I'm trying to fucking get, I'm like, you're, you have too many excuses. Yeah, just work mm -hmm. harder. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like I, I, did a, I did a lecture the other day at, at a university and um, I forget the question, but he just said something like, you know, what about like, you know, I got, I got a, I got a mortgage. I got like responsibilities. Like, how mm. do I get out? And I said, yo, that's an excuse, man. Like yeah. if how bad do you really want this? Like if you that's really right. want to get to the show, you need to get yourself to the show. hundred percent. And it's like, I think like once artists have got themselves to a top of a hill, mm -hmm. they become emerging. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of artists at the top of a hill right, right. now in this mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing for Agreed. them now is how do they get beyond that? jumping on the clouds. I think that's that's kind of you know what I mean? Break. How they start getting above the clouds, you know? I have a question though. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like 100%. that's that's really um what it is. And 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 I think the hardest thing with that comes down to infrastructure and That's and, why I keep and, going back to and, that. And how it comes down to like the movers and shakers and how how brilliant their minds are mm -hmm. and also comes down to unfortunately uh, capital funding. And, and funding. you got to catch a break too. I mean, no, you can be the best musician. But that, and no, no see, you're it. saying the opposite of what he's saying. It is not about catching a break. It is about when wiggling you your way into a position hold on, hold on. where you are emerging. But how does that happen? You need outlets, you need mm -hmm. infrastructure, and you need funding. 
I, I get you. I'm saying going around to getting up the hill into where we are now, the internet can take you up a hill very fastly. Mm -hmm. And there is infrastructure, there is media outlets, there mm -hmm. is all these things that you can get on shows. But a once lot you plateau, of every, you every your level. But once you get to the next level, how do you now yeah. become a that's household? That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. There is a household a, name touring around the world, there. making you know, making bread. Yeah. How do you get to that next level? And that is the heart. That's a very challenging I'm, element. I, I, what's the What's the answer to that? The answer to that is really. Um, thinking outside of your block, taking your artists outside of the block, meaning when I say outside the block, I mean outside your city. Mm -hmm. It's traveling, mm -hmm. it's networking, and then it's, it's, it's being creative in the decisions that you make that will take an artist to that next level. And, and, and being very specific and very, you know, dialed in on like, okay, this move we're making because it's gonna take us to this next point. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like, okay, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like I'm trying to get a buzz. Right? I'm trying to get my numbers up. Yeah. It's not about that. Yeah. It's like the numbers come after the moves that you've made to get you there. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the sense. result of, of making. Because you've right already moves. gotten to a point. Now, how do I sustain that to the next level? And that just comes down to like brilliant minds. And you know what? Can I just you know? interject real quick? The reason we wanted to start this platform was for people to kind of be able to soak in this kind of game. Because this business and this culture could be so overwhelming. Like, where do you start? You know, this is a this there's this is a huge right. thing. And, and to me, I'm like, yo, you're stupid if you're asking me that question. I'm sorry to say that shit, but it's like, yo, go on YouTube, go buy the go to the to, to the the music store. There's so many information to tell you how to like get out the gate. There, like I teach it at schools now, but I always sit back and like, why? Like maybe they need like a a a one to one yeah. communication of education, or somebody just to organize but, this. But, for but to them. to understand the basics is yeah. not hard now. No, no. And to get yourself a song up on SoundCloud and out, and all of a sudden you happen to get in front of somebody, and all of a sudden you're popping, or you you found somebody who's really good at knows somebody at Pigeon and Planes, or you know somebody who mm -hmm. knows somebody at Fade or whatever it is, and all of a sudden your shit's on there. All of a sudden you buzzing, but but then once you're buzzing, how do you sustain the buzz and actually move forward to the next level? And that's where I think that's the hardest thing for some artists. Mm -hmm. And that's where experienced people that have a strategy, like understand strategy making, understand planning, understand organizing, and understand networking. Because mm -hmm. it's all about how do you align all those things together to actually build a career for somebody. With you, I'm with you. Um, I'd like to do a quick thing, uh, rapid fire. Couple sentences, like one or two sentences, because I have no, I have like industry questions that I want to ask you. Shoot. Okay, I won't even go into much more detail. Uh, yeah, music drink. conferences are they a waste of time? And does anyone ever get a deal from them? Uh, they're not a waste of time. They're definitely not a waste of time. I'm okay. actually here in Montreal because of my music conference. Well, people connect and and so deals definitely get done at music conferences, but they don't necessarily get done right at that moment in time. You know what I mean? Like for example, I came here three years ago, met somebody, and I made some money this year with that person. Okay. So, so it's a networking thing. Networking. Yeah. Okay, Always next networking. one, next one. What's the difference between ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, and which one should an artist join? They're all the same. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm, these are questions that I took just that I want to ask you. Yeah, I don't know. They're all, the, they're all, they're all performance society collectors. They collect, collect your money your from, from uh, your songs being on the radio, television, film, whatever you want to call it. And really what it comes down to is like in Canada, there's pretty much SOCAN or so the can. one SOCAN in Quebec. But in the U.S., you have there's a multiple ones. You can pick which one you want to go to. Okay. 
That, but that makes sense. In terms of like which one you want to go to, I, I would say if you were in America and you're trying to figure that out, I would go and have conversations with all of them and see who is the most Offers intrigued the to be a, directly. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're so open to that. Um, in the age that we're in today, does the public really prefer singles or albums? Singles. <laughs> singles. Singles. Yeah, the album formats not they're not even called albums, they're called playlists. Singles. Though. It's definitely singles. Sing, it's smart, definitely right. singles. Right. And it's mainly because, you know, the the outlets push the single to the to the to people and people are utilizing these playlist formats to discover music. Mm -hmm. And that's why this it's become a singles market again. Yeah. hundred you know? percent. Um this one's a little a little bit tougher to answer. Just ask just ask yeah. questions, goddammit. Yeah. Um how can how can an artist, a new artist, tap into money? outside of their bubble, let's say going overseas or doing a tour uh, outside of their wheelhouse, outside of their comfort zone. Um, how, do they, how do they get money? How do they make bread? I think, I think it's about being creative. Like, you know, I know, for example... Merch, would you say? Well, yeah, merch. Like, those are the, the fundamentals. Like, Low-hanging You know, fruit. <laughs> doing a show, you'll make some money. Do up some shirts, you'll make some money. That's but, like, very basic funding. Though. But, but I think being smart from a standpoint of like aligning with brands that can work for you. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I know a, an artist right now who like aligned with Remy Martin. Mm -hmm. They didn't do a record deal. They aligned with a, a liquor company who basically, right. you know, paid for their cross Canada tour. They, they do you know what I'm saying? It's like, and they utilize that to like kind of launch the artist's career. And I Absolutely. think like, you have to think outside the box. Alternative ways of getting to, them. To and then Remy money can because, help give you cross promo Because you brand. don't always need to think that the record company is the end spot. And, mm -hmm. you, and, and, and also living in Canada, we have funding that's at your fingertips. You know, you can, it's not guaranteed, but you can apply. And if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't. Every right. artist who's trying to do this as a career needs to be applying religiously for all the grants they could be eligible for every round. And I definitely agree with Click. Beyond the obvious, you know, you know, they can give you some money for tour support to help you sustain your uh, campaign. But cross promo is more important than ever with social media. So if you have brands that have a few hundred thousand followers or a few million followers, that's going to be priceless to creating awareness for, you know, you as an artist. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, last one. I look at my notes again. Sorry. Mm -hmm. um, with the influx of SoundCloud and a lot of indie artists, um, do you think there's going to be a music industry in 20 years from now? Or do you think it's going to be of like? A, do you think no? But you look at like the A and R's and the Def Jam. They're they're small offices the, the, now. They're not these big. The 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 the. I don't really call these music. I don't really call it a music industry anymore. Yep. I call it entertainment industry. Amazing, amazing. You know what I'm saying? So well it's said. like because these companies are buying into brands. They're working with brand. The you know they're working with artists who actually are selling a brand didn't, more than they are selling their music. Didn't pa degree, pa Pandora know? streaming get sold for like billions of dollars? Like a lot of people don't realize, mm -hmm. and I I think it was Steve Stout that was talking about this. Mm -hmm. Like the the business of music is making more money than ever now, it's yeah. just in a different it's a non-traditional way we're not selling physical albums and cds and books or whatever right, right. but the, the sales are through the roof don't get that twisted yeah. and with this being at everybody's fingertips and well, people being the, started the other thing, that, that's well, the, 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 the other thing is this is that when you say this at the fingertips actually not even like half the world actually has telephones like, there's actually I'm talking about North America, you know. Yeah, but I'm, what my point is that there is an untapped market that is still going to in emerging grow. countries, in emerging countries, other Great places. Point, Africa, Africa is like a major spot. 
of growth. Sure. There's a lot of places in this world where the phone is still not where we Everybody want Everybody can't be. afford the a ban- $900 the ban- phone. The, and ban- fucking- the bandwidth is not where it's, yeah. it has to be yet. It, there's so much room for growth yeah. there. Yeah. There's also a lot of room in just creativity and ideas and new ways of doing things. I think what you might see, which I don't know because I, I really don't, but the fact that um, it's very interesting to see where like Spotify is going to go in the next mm-hmm. I'd say. I, I really, the fact that they, you know... They operate, in my opinion, they're starting to position themselves almost like a label. I was just going to get to that. So, um, and you read a lot about about that. um, But at the same time, the labels also are still partners with them. So Mm -hmm. they probably have to tread lightly. But, but it's interesting because like, you know, they, you know, have ownership in DistroKid, which is a distributor. They basically have studios they own now. They're producing concerts now. Mm. They're selling tickets that's they're, what i they're, thought they're more in every aspect of the artist's career right now logically in, I, in a better way than actually a record company is yeah that was my question well but. they are going to be the new record companies logically that's what i think as there was the top five majors back in the day they'll be the top five let's say yeah. you know streaming you. and they'll be doing exclusive mm-hmm. shit just for but their service like i i imagine like you know it's funny because the record companies have had websites they've had all these things before spotify came along but I don't think I think more artists probably sell more tickets off of Spotify and more T-shirts and more vinyl off of Spotify website than they do off of their and it's own a self-sustaining website. And it's a self-sustaining monetization right. mechanism because if Spotify decides to push your project right. and put you on the homepage, they know it'll generate this much revenue and that can be your tour support that, that yeah. could be your development that could be your budget but at the same time spotify is not like the be end all of all like i mean and they're spotify's not, not the and there'll be new generations no but i mean that. my point is is like apple's still a huge competitor sure, sure. in the in the market there's you know there's other other platforms as well you got the titles you got the deezer sure. and other other territories is mark things that we don't even realize are huge in other other countries because they're not huge here like deezer mm-hmm. is still a huge platform in france but not really over here you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. there's the the market it's gonna will develop. always develop but there will always be a record company there'll there always will be a, always be so that was my company. that was my question was with the with the streaming platforms and with the way that people go independent, do you think it's possible that we could weed out? And I don't want to call them middlemen because they're the actual business. But you won't weed it out. You, instead of signing to Interscope, you're gonna sign to Apple Music in the future, and Jimmy Iovine from Interscope will be the guy signing your check again at Apple Music. <laughs> okay, because I think he's already up there. Yeah, well, I, I, isn't I, it? I, Think okay, correct me if I'm wrong. He's no longer at Apple now, but he, you know, he was definitely. But the industry's repositioned. Yeah, I, I don't know. If I, I shouldn't even say that. I, I, it's I'm repositioned. Not 100% sure. I believe but, they've repositioned. But my point is, I hear where you're going with it. What I'm trying to say is that there will always be companies that have muscle, that have a foothold in the industry, market share, they and a market, market share, and they have the relationships, and they have the catalog, the foresight have, to know what the next play is too. Not the, just the foresight, but they have the the means, the 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 muscle. Yeah. To actually, you know, force things through the, through the pipelines right. You're better going than to play any other record. independent person. He's going to and, open for this tour. And that's just I'm, what it is. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Business, right? Uh, so where are you right now? I'm what a, are you working am, on now? I'm an artist manager now. And uh, I also teach at Remix Project. The Talk metal, about the, the Remix works. Project. Tell, tell us about it. Remix is an artist incubator um, program in Toronto and in Chicago. And um, we just had our graduation last week. 
Um, it's an actual school? Yeah, it's like a school. Remix wow. is, a, is a school, but it's like, it's not your typical school because like you have to audition to get in. It's no fee to get in. It's, you know, it's a nonprofit okay. organization. Um, and uh, Any kind of artist? Uh, it's it's more geared towards like hip hop and R and B and and that type of thing. Producers, but, things you know, there's nature. three tiers. There's a entrepreneur tier. There's a creative tier, which is more for like people that are art, graphic designers, photographers, videographers, and then there's also the artist program where there's like DJs, producers, songwriters, and such. Mm -hmm. and you know we have about in the artist program we have about actually I think it's almost all programs around 15 students mm -hmm. in, each, in each program, mm -hmm. um, and for nine months, they basically go and network and connect and learn and like a workshop, create, create you know music together and learn about the business Super and dope. and really build a community. It's really about they build a community amongst Which themselves. Which is what we keep talking about. And um, absolutely essential. And also a support system amongst mm -hmm. themselves because right. now you're with an elite artist that have been picked to be in the program based on their skill sets. So, you know what I mean? That's so, the opportunity. And it, and it really started because, like, you know, there was a need for that, but also um, it was really geared towards, like, inner city youth and, and people mm -hmm. that basically were, you know, trying to help people give them outlets. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's like, I think it's it's not just that. It's like it's it's gone way bigger than that. And I think a lot of that's because of Jesse Rios. You know what I mean? Like, she mm -hmm. came through the program, and, and now she's well. a huge advocate and supporter she does she doesn't stop talking about it so now every time we have a new new round which right now you can apply it to remix i think the deadline is uh either the end of november or december where can they apply tell them um just go on to the remix.ca remixproject.ca and you can find out more information about it but it's like you know I've, I've been a big supporter of them from the very beginning i was being there from the very beginning and and i teach you know artist development there you know what i mean so Amazing. um and i love it i really do like really cool man you know i like it because you know the artists that come through are very enthusiastic mm -hmm. you know i teach at another school where half the art half the students in the room i don't even know if they're listening to me <laughs> and i think it's maybe their parents are paying their tuition or something you know what i mean like it's, these guys it's, are, these it's guys and girls are hungry where these guys it's like they auditioned to get into this program like we had over 400 applicants last year you know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot of applicants, you know. And yeah. and now we're talking about opening up schools in Vancouver and Halifax, oh, yeah. and Amazing. and I just think like um, the way that it's set up is it really gives people the tools. We don't open the door for them to 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 get into the industry, but we definitely show them the outlets and opportunities for that. And it's really what they do with it that makes it count, you Very know. Cool. And you know, artists like Wonder Girl, she came through the program and had records with Jay Z and rich kid who now teaches there as well he runs the we shout runs out to the, rich he runs kid the program the you know he was one of the first students in remix um so and there's a lot like Hagler, who you know produced drake and he's you know that i think that's a, a big thing too like 40 used to before drake blew up 40 was actually the the he ran the audio program ah oh, with gavin so, in the beginning yeah actually. so yeah. he basically um you know a lot of drake's early years were actually recording at remix project so you know and a lot of the students that all come and work with they kind of heard about that have kind of come out of remix project Amazing. you know what i mean because it's like it, he it was birthed there yeah you know what i'm saying and it was so an it's been an incubator it's an incubator, an incubator you know what i'm saying and there's a lot of dope 
producers, dope artists dope, that just like are doing amazing things. Um, you know, cool. I'm excited tonight. Mal, uh, Molly Swayze is performing at M for Montreal out here. Dope. He was actually in the program with Jesse, you nice. know, like three, four years ago. So he's out here performing tonight. Um, shout him out. So it's like, you know, I'm just excited to see and be in tune with like this young, new talent and see their hunger and and then also like my whole thing is just trying to give them the knowledge and tools that i have that i've been able to gain from this industry and and give it back to them and 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 watch it flourish and become an apple amazing (laughs) you know what i'm saying well definitely back to back to talk about planting seeds (laughs) (laughs) the seed planters in the building i love the positivity honestly like just the the vibe that you give off that like you're doing this to give back you're doing this to better other people it's it's selfless I, I commend you for it. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I, no, very I, I cool. I appreciate it. You know, like I Absolutely. just, you know, that's that's what keeps me sane. Like if I wasn't that dude, I, then I would just be like a slime ball. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I'd be slime ball. You know what I mean? Like if I wasn't that, I'd, I'd be a slime ball. You I know what I'm it. saying? So for me, like I have to, you know, be that dude out out there giving back and and I, and I learn too. Like I don't think I know it all. You know, I'm not here. Everything's boasting. evolving. Everything's I'm, I'm evolving. I'm not here boosting that I'm, I'm the know-it-all guy. Like I'm. Everything's evolving. You know, that's why I also like doing these things. Is I'm learning from these cats. I'm learning from them too. Like, what's the yeah. next thing, and why do they? It's the wave, and exactly. You know, and I manage artists now, so for me, it also keeps my finger on the trigger. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I feel you. We got. He has to be somewhere. Yeah, I gotta go. Somewhere. He has to go somewhere. Well, thank you very much, Click. Yes, sir. Bam, bam. Thank you for your contributions to Canadian hip hop over the years and for your continued efforts to keep, just to keep fucking letting the scene flourish, man. And we could use a lot more players like Click. And uh, hopefully, the next cats that are watching this this will be interested to follow his steps and maybe help develop the scene more. Respect. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for having me, and I'm, I'm happy to see you, man. Thank you. Like, Always you know, Hopefully, I can man. come back and es- issue, you know, 105 or something like that. I would love and, that. And I'm not interviewed, and we could just sit and talk some bullshit and play some music for each other and just have a good time. <laughs> That's what I thought that. I was coming we here for. What the fuck, yo? <laughs> instead, it, instead, it was a special on you. Yeah, your career. what the fuck, yo? <laughs> surprise, surprise. I'm sending you an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again. You're locked into the moment of truth. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on, Click. As usual, I'm your boy, Bless. The homie let me know behind the boards. And this is the moment of truth. Peace.